All right, you ready to do this? Yeah, let's go for it. Should we take the masks off? Uh, yeah, definitely. Are we allowed to? We are recording this at our global corporation where we've been asked to have a mask on at all times indoors. Well, I mean, we're just going to have to live on the edge. What if we eat the whole time? Then we can have it off, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I have, a, I have a beverage. Oh, yeah. I just have to be drinking the beverage the whole time. Okay, so Ready? here we go. Three, two, one. Ah. All right. Does that sound better? <laughs> test, test. If I wasn't a celebrity, would you be so nice to me? If I didn't have cheese like every day, would you still want to be with me? If I couldn't buy you diamond rings and all those other expensive things, would you be so into me? If I wasn't a celebrity. Lately. Welcome, listeners, to Jessica Interviews Matt about celebrities he's encountered. I'm your host, Jessica Carlson. Today, our celebrity... Well, oh. and... Oh. <laughs> you want me to introduce you? Okay. Yeah, today my guest is... <laughs> okay. Today, my guest is Matt Houchin. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to talk about Janice something, something <laughs> or other. You don't know who it is, do you? Absolutely not. No clue. Janice Dickinson, the original supermodel. Really? That's what she says. Oh, <laughs> I coined the term supermodel, so that makes me the world's first supermodel. This season, Janice and her models are moving in together. Let the games begin! She is the supermodel's supermodel, and before she comes out, let's have a look at her in action. Work it, girlfriend! Work it! Your emotion, my dear? Anger. Just any time? No, wait an hour. A lot of people out there know her. You don't, but that's okay. Uh... I'd like to take a poll. (laughs) <laughs> in fact, anyone who would like to get in touch with us and let us know if you do not know who she is, please back me up here. Yes. If you know Janice Dickinson, press one on your phones now. <laughs> and if you don't know Janice Dickinson, press two on your phones now. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep track. We'll look at the results in a little bit. <laughs> you don't want me as an enemy. Say nice things about me. Well, uh, let's go ahead and go for it. Tell us the story. I was working at Starbucks in, it's basically Bel Air, so it's kind of up in the hills. Very fancy neighborhood. It was in a little strip mall, as everything in Los Angeles is, and there was always like Ferraris and Lamborghinis in the parking lot, so a lot of celebrities would go to dinner in this strip mall and hang out, so it wasn't crazy to see celebrities come into the Starbucks. So So this is, wait, this is how you actually met most of the celebrities <laughs> just working at starbucks in bel <laughs> um no I, I i only consider this an encounter because we actually interacted briefly got so it. if i just saw a celebrity in in starbucks that wouldn't count as an interaction okay. got but it got it i happen to be the cashier this day and usually we don't have that long of a line so usually janice dickinson can just come in get what she wants and then leave but today for some reason we were backed up Maybe because I was a cashier. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so there's a big line. Janice is like six or seven deep in the back. And I just remember looking over at her and she's just like kind of huffing and puffing, like <sighs> just kind of bouncing up and down. Like, when, when is this line going to move? This is outrageous. Like, I shouldn't be here. I'm the very, I'm the original supermodel. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know who I am. How, how am I not just allowed to go to the front of this line? <laughs> Um, We had this basket of bottled water out in front where you can get like the grab and go items. So she's just like cuffing and puffing. And then finally she just grabs one of the bottled waters and just holds it up and looks at me and goes, 
I'm just gonna take this. I'll pay for it later. And she just leaves. What? <laughs> yeah, she just uh, grabbed grabbed merchandise and, and stole it. Yeah, she felt like she <laughs> was entitled to do that, and uh, so that's the encounter. All right. So you didn't actually talk to her. She talked to you. Yeah, and I just kind of looked back at her with like stunned silence, and uh, that was it. Got it. So. I don't well, saw, I don't know if she remembers the encounter. What do you think? Um, my guess is a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> do you think later she felt bad about it? Uh, probably not, knowing the pers- this persona. My guess is that she probably was just annoyed for the rest of the day that she didn't get her coffee. Do you think like years later, looking back at her life and her persona, maybe now, she's in her 60s? She's like, wow, I should have uh, acted differently. I mean, that's a great question, and I think it depends on the person. Yeah. I think some people have change of hearts and realize their transgressions at some point. And some people don't. Like, there's some people that just, they live life very selfishly, and they just never really think much about it. Do you ever wish you could be one of those people? No. That That would kill me. But it wouldn't because you wouldn't care because you'd be one of those people and it would be awesome. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) For you. Okay, so this is good. This is good. I think that deep down, this is my philosophy, okay? My philosophy is that people who are mean and terrible, they might feel fine and they're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm entitled to this. Like she's just like annoyed and that is what it is. But I think deep down in the depths of their subconscious and who they are, they're just genuinely like kind of broken and hurting. And that's what causes the surface level to be so harsh and so just terrible. That's my philosophy. Right. You think it's subconscious. You're saying she's doing it because she's had uh, some trauma and... I don't know about trauma. I think she just might be like just a deeply sad you know how like when there's people like people who are just terrible humans to other humans and someone will be like oh, that's a miserable person i like th- i think she probably is just a miserable person hurt uh, at people, her core hurt people yes hurt people hurt people exactly my again this goes to my personal philosophy that also kind of like extends into a spiritual philosophy here of like i think that the world was meant to bond and that humans are meant to connect with each other and they're meant to care about each other. And any human that is just so selfish and doesn't care about other humans around them, like there's something off in the natural order. I think that life is meant to be in connection and and shared love, like ultimately like love for your fellow humans. And if you don't have that, then there's something just off with you. You don't have a wellspring of love for your fellow humans, that means that there's not a lot of love that you are carrying around yeah. for yourself. Right. And I did do some research before you walked in here, and there was an interview that Oprah did, kind of like a Where is Janice Dickinson Now? And Janice, Janice dove into like how she was abused verbally and physically by her father while she was growing up, and then got like very into alcohol and drugs after becoming a model. And I can assume that lifestyle is very punishing, like, you know, the expectations of keeping your weight at a certain place and just the people you're hanging out with that are trying to exploit you. Very shallow. For your beauty. Yeah. 
The drugs and alcohol abuse started for me when I was in New York City, and there was free cocaine. There was alcohol everywhere, behind shoots, backstage at fashion shows. For the first five years of my career, I didn't touch drugs. But then I had a terrible breakup with a photographer who cheated on me, and I really wanted to hurt myself. I felt like, once again, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, like, the, like what my father used to say to me as a young girl. My father verbally abused me and physically abused me. The memories have taken me several years to work through. Through the help of a 12-step program, I was able to learn how to say no to drugs and alcohol and then really start to work on myself. Today, I can honestly say that I'm 100% sober th through the grace of God. Wow. So... Well, there we go. <laughs> Theory proven. <laughs> so I'm curious, the, do you see like a softer side of a, like, is she, is she presenting herself a little bit more aware of who her and her issues and who she is? And Yeah, I think um, she's older and wiser and... Um... Regretful at all? I didn't watch that much of it. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch it now. All right. I'm going to get some... really into Janice. <laughs> when I was hired to do America's Next Top Model, Tyra hired me to be like a female Simon Cowell, to be feeding in a negative fashion things about the girls. I love working with Tyra Banks. I've said some pretty bad things about her in the past because I had been fired, and so I acted out. But that's not when I was acting in a sober-like fashion. I really apologize to you, Tyra, for like the things I might have said to you because she is a great lady. So yes, I, I think that a lot of people, I mean, myself included, like you can live years and years of your life having no understanding of what's going on deep within you. And I think that, but ultimately like it comes out, I do think this in, in some way, shape or form, like it comes out in the form of, of addictions or just like distracting yourself. I actually also believe that some people will have manifestations of like pain and sickness within their body if they don't actually take care of their mental well-being. Yeah. So I do think that the chances of you growing older and, you know, getting wiser and having to face like it's almost like this concept of inner demons, like they just are there and you're going to at some point have to face them. Yeah. Facing that comes from therapy and searching deep within yourself and Yeah. So the question then is do you forgive Janice? Do I forgive Janice for stealing from a global corporation? <laughs> yes. Do you forgive her for being rude in line? To you as the cashier. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I wouldn't have the story if she wasn't rude. I feel, don't we need, uh, don't we need terrible people for good stories? For good stories. <laughs> well, there's one, there's one perspective. How yeah, much better I, would it have been if she did something great and not rude? That's also a lovely story. Yeah, she could have walked in and been like, I'm going to leave my credit card here. I'm paying for all these people and I'm yeah. walking out with this water bottle yeah. and I'll come back for this later. <laughs> That's a great idea. So. Do you uh, forgive Janice? <laughs> <laughs> do I forgive Janice? I do. I mean, I. Knowing she was abused by her father growing up. Yeah, that's... physically and emotionally, and and what she's been through is I I do feel like a lot of people make the argument where it's like, well, I know somebody that this happened to, and they wouldn't steal from 
yeah. Starbucks. Right, exactly. People are very hesitant to condone certain behaviors. There's, or there's excuse. Like, yeah, excuse. But that's the thing, like forgiving someone and understanding that this person is hurt, hurting or having some sort of rough time in life or so, something within them is, is just not right. Understanding that about them and forgiving them does not mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that you're excusing the behavior. It doesn't mean you have to tolerate the behavior. It's literally just you are... I, I personally believe that forgiveness is for the person themselves that's yeah. been wronged. Because it's, it's literally the letting go. Yeah. And it's, it's choosing to love that person even though you're really, really mad at them and like they hurt you deeply. Yeah. And obviously I, Janice clearly hurt you very deeply. I was hurt deeply. I've been carrying this around for a long time. It feels good to finally talk about it. I've, I've actually, I've never even brought this up in therapy. So <laughs> that's why we're here. Thank you. Work out all your trauma with your celebrities <laughs> that you've met. Um, yeah. I think that that's what forgiveness is for. Truly. It's not for the person. The person's on their own journey, figuring out their own inner turmoil. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, so this might be a little bit out there, but like if a person's hurting, they're tra- they're almost like transferring their hurt to other people around them. Hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Thank you. Motto of this episode right there. I'm making a t-shirt. Um, so the hurt transfers and then if no one stops it and it like just transfers like a cancer to a whole bunch of people around, right? So when you put it on them and realize that this has nothing to do with you and everything to do with the fact that this person is hurting, then the hurt stops with them and you have the freedom and ability to be like, I am not going to be hurt by this Yeah, because you are hurt. I'm not hurt. That's you. And... That's a forgiveness. If you if you let yourself get impacted by that other person's chaos and and then you feel your own hurt by it and then you hold on to it for forever, whatever, that's when it gets bad. I feel like you are a person with high self-esteem. Would you agree? Yeah, I would probably agree. I think that that helps in these situations because I think people that get mistreated, that have low self-esteem... Like, internalize it a lot more. Yeah. No, I agree. I know. So all you people with low self-esteem, get high self-esteem. <laughs> just just pick it up at the store on the way home. And then you won't, like, uh, take it personally so much when people are mean to you. <laughs> it's your fault. At what it's point do you not forgive someone? I don't think you ever not forgive someone. The important thing is the definition of forgiveness here. Like I said, you don't. Ha- it doesn't mean that you're tolerating behavior. Let's just say I'm someone who's in a relationship that is detrimental to me because the person that I'm with is clearly hurting and doing things that are causing me pain, right? And I have realized that this isn't good for me. It's causing me pain. I think the best course of action is if if you decide is like, okay, like I need to remove myself from the situation and like basically put up a boundary for me because my own response my only responsibility is me and figuring out how I can live a happy well-balanced life yeah so my job is to put up a boundary for whatever the person is doing but ultimately I think it's in my best interest to forgive them and to see them as who they are and like they are reacting towards me I had did this with my 
ex-spouse. Like they're reacting to me out of a place of hurt, deep pain. I can see that. I can love them. I can forgive them. Yeah. And I can remove myself and put a boundary. And that's it. So Starbucks should put a boundary, like a sign outside that says, Janice Dickinson not allowed. <laughs> but I mean, like, we forgive you, Janice, but uh, no sorry. water bottles for you. <laughs> you can't come in anymore. Like they have people that write bad checks. They'll have like the security footage and show yeah, their face. Exactly. And now it's instead of a petty criminal, it's the world's first supermodel. Yeah. And that's what's so, I think, hard for people. I don't believe you have to fully like have processed your own emotions in order to just forgive the other person. Right. Yeah. For me, it is helpful in order to forgive someone, especially someone close to me. I like really <clears throat> try to turn up the empathy and like see that person. Oh, and another thing I think that is really has been helpful for me is understanding or kind of returning to a core belief that I have is that no person is bad at their core. I don't actually believe that. Some people might. You don't believe everyone's good at their core. No, I believe everyone's good at oh, their yeah. core. Oh, yeah, same. But I, I do think that some people believe that we are... Well, that's... I mean, we don't need to go here. But that's what, like, Christianity, evangelical Christianity teaches you, is that we're bad at our core. I don't believe that. Oh, yeah, that's true. And yeah, I like think, like God would create all of us bad at our core. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I think is so twisted is that, and I, I, again, this is where it blurs into spiritual beliefs for me, is that I actually think that people are good at their core and that's what we need to have faith in and believe in, is that everyone that I'm interacting with is actually good at their core and that I was made to connect with them and to have this like mutual connection and love. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I believe everyone's good at their core with the exception of psychopaths. Because I do think there are defective people that are literally incapable of empathy and will never change. And it's not because of like anything other than how they were born. Yeah. So I would, I would say, interesting. <laughs> um, if it is truly how they were born, like literally like this, it is there. Like they literally have different brain patterns. Right. Like their brain patterns. I would think that that's just like a symptom of humanity and like genetic mutations I, I i do think that it has something to do with their brain chemistry but like i still think like if their brain chemistry worked differently then so they would maybe, be good so maybe there could be a pill like if there was a cure like I, <laughs> maybe there's a cure for psychopathness yeah like we've developed ssris for depression and mm -hmm. so this is an interesting story. There was a, I, I listened to a podcast once or TED Talk, whatever, of a neuroscientist that was looking at, that would scan people's brains who had all sorts of issues. And he was sore. He's like, I can always figure out what's going on from the brain scan. And so he had a, he had a close family member, a young close family member that was starting to show signs of like weird psychopathic behavior. Like he was like, hurting animals or something like that it was it was clearly like something's off is that weird to hurt animals <laughs> um i don't do it I, <laughs> I i mean i'm just asking for a friend you can tell your friend that yeah i think most people would would think it's weird <laughs> okay yeah i'll uh i'll make a note of that so this this young family member of his he, he did a brain scan and he found that there was an actual like golf ball sized tumor in this child's head mm. that was like pressing on 
whatever parts of the brain that was causing some significant like just distortion of the neurological transmissions. And once they took that out, it was benign. Um, And something that would have never, like the only manifestation is the behavior. So they did the brain scan, found the tumor, took it out, and the kid was fine. I feel like there was some John Travolta movie like that where uh, he has like special powers and then they realize he just has a brain tumor. (laughs) And then they... There you go. And then he dies. (laughs) Was he in Bubble Boy? Uh, I never saw that. I uh, can't remember what so. the movie was called. We digress. Anyway, so... If you know the name of that John Travolta movie, press 1 on your phones now. <laughs> so, I'm curious. What stories stand out in your life? From people that you have had to forgive. Other than Janice. Uh, <laughs> man. Um, did you have some of mine? Because sometimes you ask me questions only because you want to answer them. <laughs> oh my God. That's a terrible host thing to do. <laughs> no, I mean in real life you do that. I do? No, I just... <laughs> oh my God. I do that in hosting. You are correct. Well, he's... I mean, like, you literally oh, I said have that. The perfect yeah. thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> you'll ask me, and then I'll be like, oh, and you're like, because I know what I would say. <laughs> I thought of a good answer for uh, the question you asked. Will okay. you give it to me again? Hold on. <coughs> okay. Do you have any stories of people in your past that you have had to forgive or have a lot of empathy for? Well, Jessica, the person that I've had to forgive the most is myself. Oh, <laughs> good answer. And that's that's really like uh, my biggest struggle is just carrying around guilt. And that was one of the main things with um, that therapy has helped me with is uh, just letting go of a lot of unhelpful guilt that I carry around for things that I've done in the past that people probably don't even remember or people are dead now. So they don't, <laughs> you know, they're probably not still upset about it. Um, dead now? That's so sad. Well, you know, like, there's some things with my grandma. Oh, your grandma. Where, was, like, I've been like, oh, I should have, I should have done this differently. And then it's like, why am I still thinking about that? Like, she doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, no, that's deep. So, okay, so tell us, let us in on the process then of how you've been able to reconcile, have empathy, or cultivate empathy. I guess just practicing self-compassion and just having the same empathy for myself that you're talking about having for other people just hey uh, hurt people hurt people hurt people hurt people (laughs) and uh and everyone makes mistakes and everyone's not always at their best and just thinking about like if someone did the same thing to me would I be holding on to it for years no so why am I holding myself to that standard I wonder if the things that cause people to feel bad about themselves connect to some sort of deeper personality trait because at some level it's if i get dig get a little deeper like it there's some sort of core message that you're receiving from when you like don't do something or do something you would think is a poor behavior towards another person it's like i am a bad person or something like that or i am unkind And I feel like everyone has different tendencies. I think it's really like a perfectionist tendency. My therapist has told me 
that the unhelpful guilt comes from violating your own irrational high standards for yourself. So I feel like I have like these irrational high standards where the person that I want to be is just this superhero person uh, that does everything right and is just like awesome to everybody all the time. And so it's like if someone sent an email and I didn't email them back or it's like if I send someone like a Christmas card one year and then the next year I'm just too busy so I'm not sending out any Christmas cards, then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, like I, yeah. the person's going to be sad. That, like I know no one cares, but I, uh, I violated like uh, my own standard of myself and I do that a lot, I guess. No, that's interesting. It's almost like I want to punish myself so it's like a self-improvement thing. So it's like, if this situation happens again, I'm going to remember it and I'm going to do better in the future and I'm going to keep getting better. So I want to hold on to this guilt so that I know, so I don't like violate this I see. irrational standard again in the future right. and I can achieve what I want to achieve. So you've, you've told yourself like, no, you have to keep thinking about this because or else you're not going to make any improvements. I think that's what that's a a large part of the motivation um which I'm trying not to do anymore and I'm just like having compassion for myself and just like really letting things go mm-hmm. and not uh yeah I, mainly it's just practicing self compassion which it takes some effort to do yeah and you have to like you know really set aside some mental time to do that I'll plug your Matt wrote a sermon because he's a reverend. Yeah, I'm an or- ordained minister. He's <laughs> an ordained minister. Wrote a sermon about this very topic that everyone should read. Um, but do you want to know what the song is that came to my mind that kept playing while I was reading this that we should probably put in this podcast? Forgiveness. <laughs> no. Forgiveness. Even if, even if you don't love me anymore. <laughs> I've been trying to get down <laughs> to the heart of the metal. Is that, is that how it goes? No. But my wings get weak. <laughs> and I can't see my dope because I don't know the words <laughs> except forgiveness. Who is that? Uh, Don Henley, I think. You don't know that song? I am, it's right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I've been trying to get down to the heart of the metal, but my wings So not that song? <laughs> nope, not that one. No, it was Adele's new song. Uh, I don't know that one. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it like <laughs> you just did. Go easy on me, baby. I was still a child. Didn't get the chance to basically Adele's saying like when I was young I didn't have a chance to like understand my emotions and I was operating on in this like state of being hurt you know yeah it's and a good I, song. so do you think is there an expiration date on that or do you think we're just always young and always getting better so we just have to be like hey I'm just a stupid kid uh-huh yeah 
Uh, that's a great question. Kind of like um, the concept of like when is when is too late for me to be like, oh, just a dumb little teenager or whatever. Yeah, because the one person on my Facebook sermon made the comment, people may act poorly knowing that they can just use the excuse, oh, I'm young, so I didn't know any better, instead of mm. improving. Mm-hmm. So, I still think that whoever is the quote-unquote victim of whatever the poor behavior was needs to for, should for themselves forgive the behavior and again it doesn't mean that you're excusing it it doesn't mean you're tolerating it it doesn't mean you're like okay with it yeah you're literally just letting go of the hurt that it could cause you agree have you ever seen or read les mis oh yeah uh-huh. les miserables that's a great story for this topic. I love that scene where Jean Valjean steals from the church or the monk or whatever, uh-huh. and then he gets caught, and they bring him back with the stolen stuff, and they uh-huh. throw him at his... It's like a priest, right? Yeah. And then the priest is like... I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver. He claimed (laughs) that you gave it to him. Yes. Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying... He told us the truth. Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? And don't forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother. You no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God. It's giving me goosebumps right now, though. It's such a beautiful moment. Yeah, I loved, I mean, I remember seeing that in the theater and just being like, that's such a cool philosophy. Right. The priest was able to see that Valjean was just really hurting. Yeah, so that's that's a really deep. There's a lot of depth there for this yeah. this whole topic. Okay, so what what did we learn? Uh, What's the call to action? Check cameo to see if Janice is on it. Oh yeah, that's our call to action. Oh man, I totally forgot. I think my computer's dead. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. Okay. Jessica Carlson, now that you know who Janice Dickinson is, do you think she's on Cameo.com? I think she is. I'm going to say she no. She's too busy stealing waters. From I, think she, I think she would still have a, a high opinion of herself that would make it so she... Oh, she's too good. Yeah, she'd be too good for Cameo, which I, can, I couldn't get why anyone might feel that way. Do you ever look at people's Cameos and just get sad? <laughs> I do not do that. Don't you think it's sad to see someone like yeah, sitting I in do their think house? Yeah, I sad. 
That's but why you know, I don't, but do you don't that. look at them. <laughs> no. Get sad on purpose. Ooh. She's on. How much? $50. Well, now we can get one from someone finally, hopefully. Perfect. Hi, Matt. I'm Janice Dickinson, and this is a note sent out from Jessica. Jessica tells me that you're carrying around a lot of guilt because you have such high standards to be perfect. Well, guess what? I wrote a book called Everything About Me is Fake and I'm Perfect. And my, my standards of perfection were to the point where, where I couldn't sleep at night. Uh, my nails had to be done a certain way, my hair, my makeup, my lips, what I wore, where I went, my, you know, what my family wore. You know, it, it, I drove myself crazy with this standard that I've set myself up for, to, for being perfect. So I hope you can relate to that. Hang in there. All you can do is just take one day at a time and understand that you're all right. Look at the things you have instead of the things you don't have. You know, that's one good tip for me. And also, I remember you from Starbucks where you were a barrister up at Beverly Glen. Those were fun days, weren't they? They, sh- they sure were for me. If I couldn't buy no diamond rings, still want 